There is a saying that employees don't leave a job, they leave a manager, and that is so true. We can put up with so much more if the people around us are great. Hello and welcome to this episode of Overcoming Anxiety with Dawn Morgan. Good afternoon, good evening or good morning to you all. Anxiety can show up in many situations and starting a new job is one of them. Regardless of how experienced you are in your field, a new job can really trigger all sorts of unhelpful emotions. My experience and expertise for for a long time was around business finance and management and staff development. And that's what I did for a living for many years from an office junior all the way up to being on a board of directors, all of which presented their own challenges. You would think therefore that starting with a new company with my decades of experience that I would just fire up the computer, meet my new colleagues and get stuck in. And that is true to a point. But knowing the rules around financial records and directors' duties and HR regulations and all of that sort of stuff, although extremely helpful and useful, doesn't really help me when it comes to company and office dynamics. Wherever we have people, we have a range of personalities, expectations, rules and protocols. Each individual will have a different slant on all of these, which can provide a rich, rich mix of confusion. Many times we have had some experience behind us or a relevant qualification, employers have the expectation that we will just, well, arrive and get on with it. It's only the well-seasoned employer that will realise that there is a time period required for settling in. That's why you see many companies doing their utmost to keep good employees, because the loss of productivity when employing someone new can be expensive. Both in time lost in productive hours for the new replacement person but also time taken by others to train and or support them. During the interview for the new role, prior to being offered a position, many prospective candidates do not take the time to understand the expectations of the role, the role they're applying for, that is. This is especially true when they're seeking a new role urgently to keep some money coming in. Perhaps their current role is untenable or they have been made redundant, etc. I've certainly been there. This additional pressure can make someone jump into a role without full information, almost as a stopgap until something better comes along. But that is totally understandable if money is tight. You know, many problems occur in the workplace because of a lack of understanding of expectations. Our interpretation of what is expected or perhaps being implied can be very different to our supervisor or our boss or the people that we work with. This in itself can cause massive anxiety. When we think we're doing a good job, but we are constantly picked up or criticised for something we think we did or are doing well, this can be really soul-destroying. I was once employed to be the person to question the CEO in his decisions. He wanted someone to keep him focused on the business plan and direction. He wanted me to play devil's advocate to check his understandings and decision-making and his word, tell him straight if he was being a well, let's say numpty in place of stronger words. He wasn't good at detail, all the operational stuff to be fair. He was more strategic, an ideas person. But some of his ideas were way up in the clouds and not at all workable. He knew this, so employed me. 
I was to check through any contracts and paperwork to ensure they were workable and were also and I was also responsible for the management of the business itself. So the compliance issues such as HR and finance, insurances, things like that. So it was quite a varied role, but one which I was pleased to do. The company had three directors, me, the CEO and one other. All was well for some time until the CEO fell ill, really ill, and was out of the picture for quite some time. That in itself was not a problem, as me, myself and, and the other director were were capable of continuing without his input. The problem was what we uncovered in his absence. Quite contrary to what he had expressed when I was employed, we discovered that there were contracts in place that we had never seen and were completely unworkable. He was the major shareholder as well as the director and had failed to separate the two roles. He was making decisions based on being the owner as such and couldn't see that the company was separate to him as the owner. And as a director, with his director's hat on, he had to make decisions based on the best thing for the company and all shareholders. He failed to include the two of us, i.e. the other directors, in these decisions, and consequently had opened up the company to legal challenges. In his absence, I sorted out the contracts, adjusted them enough to be acceptable, and continued onwards. When he returned from his illness several weeks later, he was less than pleased. I'm being conservative here. It was as if he was a different person, completely contrary to what I understood to be my role, both the role that he had explained to me and my duties as the director, which I laid down in law. He didn't want me involved in any of the decision-making, nor did he want the other director involved. Our expectations were so far removed from one another, it was like they're in another galaxy. Both our emotion levels were through the roof and anxiety was high for both of us for different reasons. Mine was because I felt I was doing the right thing and still do to this day. As I said, my duties as a director are laid down in law and I was being criticised for it, for upholding those. His anxiety was high because of his ego. He didn't like being found out. It made him seriously uncomfortable. How do I know this? He pulled rank. In my time with the military, we had some people who relied on the rank to get things done and just ordered everyone around them to do things. See, in the military, you have to do as you're told. So begrudgingly, we would do it, but never like the more senior rank that was ordering us. On the contrary, any superior rank who understood leadership would request first, pleasantly, then resort to the other levels, i.e. command and eventually order, if subsequent levels didn't get the job done. So... Any leader, military or not, if they're a good leader, will never rely on rank or superiority to get things done. And this was the same with the CEO. He had no argument, no effective explanation, no understanding that he could communicate for us to see things his way. So he pulled rank and ordered us to leave it all alone and to him. And if we didn't like it, we could resign. I hear many stories like this. A lot of people who have great difficulty within a business. And this situation for me was effectively the end of my relationship with both him and the company. I couldn't work somewhere or with someone who treated people that way, nor could I work with someone who had no integrity. I resigned shortly afterwards because my anxiety was rife. The working conditions and knowing that as a company, one that I was a director of, where the CEO on behalf of the company was misleading and communicating falsities, 
That was something that I just couldn't be involved with. Less than nine months after I left the company, it failed. The funders found out what he was doing, which was inevitable, as hiding that stuff from them was never going to end well. I come across so many people who say one thing and do another. People who call themselves leaders, managers or colleagues, who say they want one thing, but when they get it, they don't want it. Many people are led by their emotions. That CEO was, and is to this day. His ego was in charge. His ego rose up whenever it felt challenged and would then make decisions based on the emotional charge he was feeling at the time. And we all know that feelings are not helpful when we come to decision-making or life, life planning. He always described himself as a great negotiator, which led him to obtain huge levels of finance for various projects, including the ones that this new company was involved in. He offered to show me the ropes when I first started so that I could take over from him, which I was excited to learn, and I took every opportunity to see how he did this. What was really interesting for me was when I was in on the conversation he was having with funders, and there was many times, was that he wasn't leading the conversation. The funders were. And he was just agreeing to everything to get the funding. Even when the terms were completely unworkable. So it was definitely a lesson in what not to do rather than how to do it. He wasn't negotiating. He thought he was. He was just agreeing in a sort of desperation. And this misunderstanding about his own skills was astounding, but it isn't uncommon. Many supervisors, managers or bosses are unaware of their shortcomings and make the lives of their employees a living nightmare. If you're in this situation, I implore you to make a change for your sake. There is a saying that employees don't leave a job, they leave a manager. And that is so true. We can put up with so much more if the people around us are great. In the meantime, if your workplace or your boss, manager or supervisor is causing you anxiety, consider this. What is causing your anxiety? Is it a misunderstanding? Is it misaligned expectations? Can you clear them up? Can you talk to somebody to get them aligned? I had a colleague who worked in a different department to me who hated the way her boss yelled at her. He yelled at everyone. It was stressing her out to the extent that she didn't want to come to work. So I suggested that she talk to him to have a meeting when he was in a good mood, which was a really important point, because he was very much led by his emotions. But when he was in a good mood, he was very amenable. She did this and forged an agreement with him and even got it in writing. It made things better long enough for her to get another job. Distance yourself from the situation, not necessarily physically, as you may need the job for the time being at least, but mentally. View it as a game that you are playing. Even if the rules keep changing, just change with them. Your job isn't who you are. You can only do the best you can with the tools you are given. If your boss is limiting you in some way and you can't go to someone else, which is difficult if the company is small, Make plans to change jobs, but in the meantime, just play the game. So do what you're asked to do 
and just make peace that you've done that. Value yourself. You may not be valued by your boss, but you can value yourself. Make little goals for yourself within the parameters you are given and congratulate yourself on the small wins. I once had a really easy, boring job of stacking shelves in a supermarket many, many years ago. It was late at night with a supervisor from hell. With so many pallets of stock, each of us were given to, to refill the shelves in our own departments. I, I worked in the pet food department. I tell you, some of that stuff that, that comes almost like in this shrink-wrapped plastic, which has got, it's not, it's cooked meat inside, but if those, those bags get sliced and they go rotten, the smell is horrendous. Anyway, so this job was fine. It fitted with my family at the time, and it was just really for some, a bit of extra money. But this supervisor, she wanted everything really neat on the shelves. And her, her standards were exacting, far more than needed to be for the, the type of job I was doing. So I set myself the task of lining everything up perfectly. And my, my game was that I wasn't going to get picked up. So it was so perfect that she couldn't complain about it. And that was, that was the, the value and the, the detail that I put in for myself. That was my little goals. It slowed me down, but the concentration required for that level of perfection not only made the time go quickly, but gave me something to focus on. I never finished unloading the pallets I was given, but that wasn't my concern. I was paid by the hour and was doing what I was told to do. I do it very neatly. So that really helped me just get through that job. And remember while you're doing your job, whatever that job is, reward yourself for each day, week or month you keep going. No one or no thing can make you feel a particular way. Only you can do that. When we think, we feel. We can't help thinking. We do it all the time. But we can choose our words to ourselves carefully and we can choose to engage with thoughts or not. Managing our expectations in a positive way, using positive language, can really help with difficult situations. You know the tactic for a speaker when they're nervous, when people say, imagine everyone is naked. That makes them just as vulnerable as you the speaker, that's the point of it. And it does work for some people. I think for me, I'd be much more distracted, although perhaps less nervous, which is the goal. The tactic was actually to change the thought, therefore change the feeling. And with practice, we can become really good at this. We can learn to release the thoughts and internal words that are causing us unwelcome feelings, just letting them float away like clouds in the sky. Remember, the words and actions of someone else are about them, not you. You don't need to let them in. You can just let them float on by. Consider them for a second. Are they true? Are they helpful? If not, let them float on by. Let me know about your workplace situations. Do you find new jobs stressful? Do you get anxious about them? Well, what about your, your workplace, even if you're not changing jobs? How do you find that? Let me know. Love to hear from you. Thank you for listening to today's show. Please follow or subscribe to get the latest episodes as soon as they're available. Whilst you are there, 
please also comment and review as it helps me and other listeners know what is good and what is not. If you would like to get in touch, feel free to reach out to me via the contact details in my show notes or through Facebook at Finding Freedom Club.